Welcome back to Beards and Brews. This week's movie is going to be Above the Law, starring Steven Seagal, Pam Greer, and about three dozen fellows who probably have assault charges on Steven Seagal. Fellas, yeah. do you think? Do you do you really want to know? Dude, I'm excited. I look. I'm I'm going to put it out there. I actually love this movie. Like, I will separate the artist from the art. Yeah, Steven Seagal's a scumbag, but this movie is just stupid fun because. That's all he does is just okay. break people. All right. Um, I equate this to like a martial arts action version of The Room. Oh, <laughs> yeah, up. it's I thought it was that bad. It's not quite that bad. I'll, I'll reserve a little bit of that. But Steven Seagal's acting <laughs> is atrocious. And you can tell that he just walked into this just wanting to be like the most virtuous, omni-perfect person on the planet, you know? Now it got me thinking, like, Steven Seagal walking into a room, breaking a guy in half. He's like, so anyway, how's your sex like, motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was Steven Seagal's first major film, and this was co-written, co-produced, and starring Steven Seagal. So, did I say Steven? It's going to be one of those days, isn't it? Steven Seagal. It's Steven Seagal as Steven Seagal in Steven Seagal. (laughs) Motherfucker. Above the Seagull. Oh. <laughs> yes. It's Team Seagull I mean, in. Motherfucker. There's a lot so of motherfucker just, in this. Just to get it out of the way, yeah, he's like a hard-boiled cop. You know, ex-military, ex-Vietnam. You know, he's in, what, I think L.A. or whatever? Chicago? Chicago. 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 And he's just a grizzled cop who is basically just the straightest arrow you can possibly think of. Like, fuck any kind of humane way of police work he's like if you're a bad guy i'm gonna walk through 40 other people to get to you 40 other innocent people yeah absolutely it could just be like bar patrons people walking down the street for real well at the beginning of this we do see like there's a little what's it called a little montage of him in quote the far east learning martial arts so you know that he's like a martial arts dude to begin with but he's also a cop I love how the movie differentiates roughly 20 Steven Seagal and regular Steven Seagal a la when this movie came out. And it's just sideburns. Yeah. Yes. Yes. From fucking sideburns to Saigon, we follow Steven Seagal <laughs> on his quest. <laughs> Get the That's fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you're right. He's teaching his martial arts class. And, like, CIA just walks in and is like, yeah, we got to we gotta get this guy. Um, uh, he's, he's the best. Yeah. But, like, the whole time that we're getting this montage, it's just, like, a fucking history lesson of Steven Seagal. And it's honestly fucking awesome. Because we get baby pictures. We get teenage pictures. You get to see him beating people up in a training class. Like, that's something that's going to reoccur throughout this film. If Steven Seagal is on screen and he has an action role, man. Like, there's a scene a little bit, probably within the first ten minutes of the movie where he's got some junkie pinned against the wall and the fucking dude keeps, there's nothing to this man's right. I promise you there was nothing on this man's right hand side. It's just the set. He's looking over at the fucking director and Steve is is being so rough and he's looking desperately for them to be like, cut. Hey man, ease up. But he's not, they don't, they just let Steve to rough this guy up. And it's such a, like a weird juxtaposition, right? Cause like in the like early bits of the movie, like when he's in Vietnam and this poor man's getting tortured for information by the CIA, 
He's like, no, nah, no, nah, he, nah, he's just a man, man, motherfucker. You should let him go. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, he's in a bar just like breaking people's arms in half and throwing them out the window. <laughs> yes, for literally mildly insulting him after he comes in being the biggest fucking asshole ever. Dude, he has the most hilarious haymakers I've ever fucking seen in movies. Because like they'll say something to him and he'll like back all the way up. And then he'll just come over from fucking Third Avenue and just knock people down. Uh, can we talk yeah. a little bit about that uh, that Vietnam scene? I guess it was oh, like a sure. flashback. I don't really know what was going on here. I guess he and his like SEAL Team 6 were going into this. I, I don't know. A Vietnamese no, 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 guy no, was good. getting tortured. Um, they said he was. Uh, they were going to cut off his feet. And Steven Seagal's just like, we shouldn't cut off people's feet. That doesn't have anything to do with military intelligence. I'm the good guy among all these other good guys. Yeah, it, like the movie is trying to say like, hey, even though they're there for like some like sketchy stuff, there's you know no reason to, to commit war crimes, you know? Yeah. Dude, uh, his, his facial expressions during this entire thing. So th they get this dude that looks like Blade from Puppet Master to come in. That's a reference. <laughs> yeah. He has such a wide face. It's like his face is too big for his head. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's fucking weird. But he's using chemical interrogation. And Steven Seagal's sitting there with his arms crossed like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you even doing this for, man? And the guy's yelling at him nonsense. And he's like whispering to him, too. Like, the interrogation scene is one of the most <laughs> uncomfortable shits I've ever seen in my fucking life. You guys, you guys think that you're soldiers. You're fucking barbarians. I think that was a little bit like uh, Vinny Barbarino from Welcome Back, Cotter, but we'll roll with it. That was Steven Seagal. I like it's, it. Yeah. I dig it. But, like, the whole scene, it kind of plays out oddly. Like, clearly, they're up to no good, the CIA guys. And then, like, Steven Seagal whispers something. He winds up kung fuing everybody. And, of course, it pisses the CIA fellas off. Like, hey, you and Steve Team Six, get the fuck out of here. And, like, they just let him run into the forest. It's, like, somewhere. Run through the jungle. That's a CCR for you. Flipping uh, as Vietnam, it goes. Nice. Now, Flipping, yeah. I like don't before. know if you guys noticed, but this entire intro to this movie was stolen by the Wolverine film. Not the most recent, but the Wolverine Origins where he's with his brother. Never saw it. Yeah. Like, uh, Sabretooth is the bad guy who's pushing everything way too far, and they're like, we gotta get this adamantium. We're gonna torture these tribesmen. And Wolverine's like, get out of here. Don't be doing that. And then he's like, I'm just going to storm off and everyone's going to let me go. And that's exactly what happens in this movie. I'm just going to storm off, motherfucker. Now, I was really shook by the fact that he's just like, I'm fucking out of here. And he walks out into the jungle. Did you uh, did you guys hear him like as it was like crossfading 20 years later into Chicago? He's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done for. I'm like, what? Who was he yelling at? I the don't fucking know. on the porch paying him no mind. The, the Viet Cong <laughs> hanging out. I don't know. But 15 years later, halfway around the world, Steven Seagal's a cop. And yeah. Yep. <laughs> cop is a very loose term <laughs> Like when it comes to him in this movie. He's basically like a vigilante with a badge. I mean, for lack of a better term. 100%. Yeah. And that is something that comes up like a dozen times. Pam Greer, his, uh, I guess, his deputy or his chief or whatever the fuck he's called. Everyone's like, hey, man, you're not a terrible guy, but you're breaking every fucking rule and you're going to get us all in trouble. So stop it. And he's like, get out of here. 
Go wait it's, like, it's like the whole police department's like, man, like you do some good stuff, but <sighs> yeah, come but on, fuck, like dude, come yeah. on. <laughs> It's like, damn, Spartan, why you gotta be such a fucking demolition man? Yeah. You know, they call me a demolition man. I took that personally. Oh, you know, they do the thing, the thing that we were talking about last time with the demolition man, where they say the name of the, the movie. They do that twice in this. I don't know if y'all noticed. At the beginning, when they're going through that little uh, montage thing, we have a little clip of Nixon. No one is above the law. And then that's the first time we get to it again a little bit later. And then yeah, Steven Seagal's like, hey, Nixon, get out of here. Yeah. He's making, like, a whole new fucking genre of film here. It's it's like if you took Kung Fu and The Godfather and smashed them together all wrong. And, so you get, like, like it, Don Fu. <laughs> like, in order for me to survive this movie, I had to, like, you know, think a little deeply. Like, this movie is, like, John Wick if he was an asshole. He's basically just yeah. John Dick. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what this is. Yep. Because... He will just absolutely just go point A to point B, regardless of the body count or the maiming or just whatever in between. Yeah, because th that's a perfect segue, motherfucker, because here he goes right into his first case. He's like, here I am. I'm going into this bar. And they hit him with a funny joke. He's a cop. Oh, pig. oh man. They're like, yeah. Like, hey, man, this bar is kosher. No pork allowed. And I, I took that personally. That. You know, he just starts fucking literally beating everyone up. He like he's there for a reason. Like he's got um, he just married his wife. I do believe. No, they had a baby. That's it. They had yeah. like a party. And, you know, he's real big in his community. You know, he's the friendly cop. He knows everybody. They're all family. So the hooer of the community, you know, is missing. Her mom's just like, oh, you know, go find my daughter. And he just rolls into this place with a picture. He's like, hey, man, you seen her? Oh, no. I'm going to break the fucking face, motherfucker. Yes! Yes! Dude, he beats up this guy so fucking bad. Like, two hits, mind you. He's like, whap, whap. And dude is just fucking beat to shit already. But he's banging his head off the bar. He's breaking yes. his arm. He's beating him so badly, other patrons in this bar are literally going, whoa, whoa, out of concern for how bad this cop is beating this man. Yeah, no. like, there's, like, an overdubbing here with, I guess, I think it's the guy getting the, the fuck beat out of him, but you just hear, like, this badly overdubbed, stop this motherfucker, he's crazy, where's my piece? Like, you would hear yeah. on, like, Grand Theft Auto or something. Well, they had the ADR that because he literally just broke everybody's fucking jaw. I guess. I mean, Steven Seagal rolls in like all these people owe him money, and like to uh, what Brady said earlier, like how rough he is with these stuntmen and extras. Goodness, that he makes a dude eat the wall. He fucking eats it. Like it's... finally, I guess the bar owner's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that girl. She's upstairs." Man. Okay, so he goes upstairs, kicks in a locked door to a paying you know, hotel, brothel, whatever the fuck it is. Anyways, he's breaking and entering. He has no warrant. Mm -hmm. He goes in there and immediately starts to shit kick the fuck out of this dude. <laughs> and this is the poor yeah, guy who is looking off screen for help. Director, call cut. Call cut. Please yeah, he's call like, cut. Nah. He's like, nah, man, there is no direction. It's just me, motherfucker. Yeah, and then, like, it pans over. He's a macho man. He's like, get you five whole minutes of playtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, like, what I love and hate about this scene is that the girl that he's there for 
is completely fucking clueless of what he's capable of. He rolls in, roughs the guy up, and she's like, he's like, Steven Seagal, what are you doing? Like, nobody likes you anyways. Why do you always got to do this to me? It's like, listen, he obviously has some ounce of caring for you because he just obliterated a dozen dudes downstairs just to say, hey, you should go home to your mom. Yeah, like, they... He, when he busts in, they're sitting on the bed smoking crack, and then it it just gently pans over to this tray of just like general assorted drug stuff that like I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's just like needles and crack pipes and just like they're doing all the drugs. The fact that you brought it up that way just makes me think that's how it was in the screenplay. There's like okay, Steve breaks in and he sees flip 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 paraphernalia, <laughs> just drug stuff. Yeah. Now, after he whoops this dude's ass, they pan, or not pan, they cut to outside, and the bar owner is out there. He's got a bloody nose. I never even see, like, Seagal hit him, but he's no. bleeding out, too. And he's, he's talking to the cops like, hey, this asshole's crazy. He just busted into my bar, beat up my patrons, he went upstairs, kicked the door in, beat some other dude's ass, and now he's waving a gun around. He literally <laughs> shot a man a moment before this, unwarranted. Okay? And Steven Seagal's just like, just like, eh, these two are under arrest, I'm going. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Uh, absolutely! Like, the dude was in the riots, like, this dude trashed my place, get him, there he is! And all the cops are just like, hey, you, it's uh, fucking uh, Steven Seagal, no thanks. <laughs> hey, know? officer, you, you filed the paperwork, these two are going down. Like, only then did I realize he never flashed a badge. No. At all. He just rolled in like a wrecking ball and ruined everybody's day. <laughs> no, like he occasionally like showed his wallet or something, but there was no badge shown. I think he was showing him like his fishing license. <laughs> He's just flashing people at subway points. <laughs> Two stamps away from a foot long. Break your arm. <laughs> this is also the next scene that somehow he now knows that, you know, because the guy was like, oh, I'll tell you, they got an engine block full of C4 coming in, and you guys can be the ones to bust it. This is one of the dumbest fucking lines I've ever seen and setups for a action stakeout. Steven Seagal props his gun into the air standing next to Pam Greer, slaps a magazine inside of it. Oh yeah, we're going to party. <laughs> sure, whatever. I mean, how was that not a party that he just came from? Man, it's well, so weird because, like, all it does is load a gun, and that's enough to literally everyone in the police department is now in a sting operation at the docks. Like, that. Yeah, there's a lot of this movie that I don't really understand exactly what happened. Uh, this is one of them. I guess the boy told him, like, some information about a shipment that's coming in, this uh, motor, uh, this yeah. engine that's filled with C4. Although I didn't really hear any of that. It's just shipment and fucking Johnny's Meat Market or whatever it is. <laughs> you can't beat their meat. Yeah. But, no, no, but you're right. Like The dude that he roughed up that was trying to sleep with the community hooer tipped him off to what Steven Seagal thought was just a drug bust. Mm -hmm. So you have like the local Chicago PD. They're there, a la Steven Seagal with his earpiece. Man, he fucking sucks at undercover. And for Dude. some reason, they got, like, uh, the CIA folks kind of, like, hovering around, too. But they're all just like, stay cool. We got this. I should hit the fan immediately for whatever reason. I was so confused, not in the sense of what just happened, but why it just happened. Okay, we get some dialogue of the gods. 
there's two CIA or cop guys on the roof. The literal dialogue is, how's it look? Looks good. And then it escalates immediately into Steven Seagal wearing a uh, butcher schmock or something. Yeah. And for zero evidence, zero cause, they run to the back of the meatpacking plant and begin to unload on a car. I think think it's because... We find out this is a logic I'm trying to plug in. Yeah, please do, because I have no idea what was happening here. So later in the movie, we find out how deep this goes, like how high it goes in the CIA. Mm -hmm. So the CIA are the ones that unloaded on like the uh, the mafioso type people who were there to get the C4 at the time. Mm -hmm. So they rushed the joint. So they shot first. And then that's how all the shit just kind of got turned over. Like, you know, the police were there waiting for them to get it. So, you know, a little bit of entrapment. But the CIA rolled in and started blasting away. Okay, so the cops and the CIA, although they're at the same time, were they independent of each other? Like yes. they weren't coordinating this? Like, hey, CIA guys, you go over there, cops be up top, and we'll, we'll you know, scope this thing out. They were just both just like, uh, you know, we, we both want this, this drug bust so thing. anyways, they start blasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. Oh, but For sure. we were treated to an amazing scene uh, of Steven Seagal jumping on the roof of a car and strangling a man <laughs> through the window. Dude, this man, he's not even a superhero. He's just like, I don't even know what the fuck they were thinking when they wrote this shit. It's like, okay, he jumps on the car, but like, I've never seen a man getting strangled for five fucking blocks. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's like, got... the fuck <laughs> He busts out the, the passenger side window of the car and strangles the guy one-handed and he's just... Yeah. Like, his eyes are bulging out of his skull, about to pop out of his fucking head. Seagull is fucking choking this man. (laughs) For sure. Like, all the shots of, like, pointing at the guy getting choked, he's begging the cameraman to please, please pull the fuck over. Like, legitimately stop the car. I can't breathe. Yeah. This dude is choking the life out of me, for real. And Steven Seagull is in fact choking the life out of him pulls him out of the car and is like you're going to jail scumbag motherfucker and <laughs> they do but then the, it's almost like one of those revolving scenes or not revolving scenes like a revolving uh, cutaway you know because it like just spins the scene like nah, 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 and they're coming out of the jail like aha we got free that's our first little glimpse of like the, you know the ultimate bad guy being in with like the the federal agents and all this stuff because Something, something, bureaucracy, something, something. And they're walking out of the bureau, and then we see, like, the main bad guy in clear view. They walk past him, and they didn't notice him. But I like Dude. how they're in the, the little office talking to the cop guy or CIA guy. The mafia guys are in there like, this cop, he's a cockroach. And... Oh, you mean <laughs> you mean not Joe Pesci? Yeah, he's <laughs> that's all he's got. <laughs> it's bad, fellas. It's bad. Oh, this it's is bad, so, fellas. <laughs> if you think that that's something to be, you know, aware of, let's talk about the fucking Dub Bears lieutenant who's over top of Steven Seagal, yet always, like, shaking his head and scared. Fucking Mike Ditka. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that the bad guys only had two haircut styles? Either they had the Hall and Oates or the Pompadour? I don't know. I noticed the one guy. I don't even know who he is. He had, like, this Native American lion-looking thing. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like a prohawk, you're right. <laughs> oh shit. I think oh, the only man. unique hairstyle I think the only unique hairstyle was Steven Seagal, and it was just like trying to run away the whole movie. Dude. Like how fucking tight does your ponytail need to be? We gotta grease that back. Keep me aerodynamic. 
it is never not slicked back perfectly. Like he just woke up in one of the scenes. It's slicked back. He falls in some water. It's slicked back. He's getting shot with an M60. It's slicked back, motherfucker. He just got pockets full of petroleum jelly. He just goes, <laughs> and he's just good. Oh, nice. But now he's going to church. He's like, this is my mom's church. And there's like some cool hip priest and a church sweatshop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So apparently the church had been harboring these like illegal aliens in the basement for whatever reason. Well, I mean, the reason is because, you know, it's the humane thing to do. People need help, help these people. And it's a little confusing because the priest brings Nico down, Steven Seagal. And he's like, I need to show you these people because if I actually call the cops, they're going to fucking arrest these people and we'll probably never see them again. Mm -hmm. And one of them if not all of them, have broke into maybe a food cabinet. And he's like, Nico, I want oh. you to fuck them up. And he's like, y'all better have 20 of them Nike shirts by next Tuesday. I'll break your yeah. goddamn legs. Oh, yeah, that's not what I understood happening. But also, I couldn't follow this movie very well. I suppose in order for them to have something to do, they're making all these knockoff things. And of course, Steven Seagal walking into a new room, he has to rough it up just for the fuck of it. He's like, what the fuck? This doesn't say Adidas. This is adios, motherfucker. And then, he just starts, and then he just starts like fucking around a little bit and i guess he knows a little bit of spanish and he's trying to convey like no he's there to help don't worry about it you know he's mm -hmm. just the authority figure that we have to tell that you're here right right well i got that but i didn't catch that or i didn't understand that it was one of them that had broken into that other room i just thought that it was like a vagrant or maybe one of the bad guys for some reason. I don't know why whoever broke into that room broke into that room. I think the movie's trying to tell you that maybe it was like an outside hooligan who did it because, you know, they don't want them to be found. So if they broke in and found all the stuff, they don't want the word to get out. So maybe, yeah, that I'm was the, maybe that was the case the movie was trying to pitch. But like we were just like, yeah, you're right. That, that, that does say adios. You're right, Steven Seagal. Next scene. <laughs> yeah. And the next scene is a bombing. At the, you know, Asian-Italian denomination church that he attends. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's so much confusing shit here. Like, this is... I don't I don't know, guys. I, I don't know about this. So, what, what's confusing about the <laughs> Our Lady of Kung Fu Christ Church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess to summarize, the fellas that Steven Seagal roughed up, you know, by choking or whatever... Uh, they tracked him down, so in order to take him out, instead of doing it stealthily, they hired somebody to go into church during Mass with a hidden bomb. And Steven Seagal yep. said he legitimately sniffed this bomb out. Yeah, I, you know uh, why? Because he knows what C4 blows like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know what it smells like, I know what it blows like. And everybody's just like, uh... But, yes. Uh, Okay, I guess my the root of my confusion is why did he go to that? Uh, why did Steven Seagal go to this church? That's his one in his community. But uh, he said that he hasn't been there in like since he was a teenager or something. That's bullshit because he was there five minutes ago christening his baby. Fuck it. Next For real. Hundred yeah, percent. I, I don't know. Uh, and then the, the the priest is like, by the way, Nico, when was your last confession? And he's like, I'm a married man. I got no sins to confess. Dude, <laughs> I've murdered this, 48 men. This motherfucker. It's like, Nico, when you go to come back to church, he's like, I'll fucking murder everybody. He's like, oh, you're so cool. I love you, Nico. Sign <laughs> Nico, Nico, let's go bowling. Oh, no. 
then he's like, yeah, Father, we will. Boom! Oh, no, i got to carry my crispy priest. <laughs> Extra crispy. So after this explosion, the only thing that we see is Steven Seagal carrying bloody bodies out of this church like he's the fucking the demolition well, he, man. <laughs> well, you know, like you said earlier, he's supposed to be like that absolute chaotic good kind of guy. Oh, yeah. So, of course, he's going to, like, help carry bodies and stuff to the hospital. And that's where we cut to. So the priest, unfortunately, didn't make it because he was extra crispy. And uh, fucking Steven Seagal. Like, I know he's trying to seem sad, but fuck, he's just, like, sniffing farts for the next ten minutes as he's walking down the <laughs> hallway. It's so... <laughs> it's, I fucking died laughing. Because, like, he's trying to come off as the guy like you know he's emotionally hit by this and he's trying to hold back the tears without trying to be all sniffly and stuff like that so he just like saunters down the hallway and he sees the federal agent guy over there he's like hey motherfucker i need to talk to you motherfucker we gotta go in this room alone motherfucker yeah and this is the first time they call him out for being a bad cop and you're just everything that they call him out on you're like yes i watched him do that in this movie you aren't wrong I 100% agree. Like, he had the biggest point in the whole movie, and Steven Seagal shrugs it off. He's just like, yeah, but I'm a bad motherfucker. Yes. Yeah, they, they got him for illegal wiretaps, unauthorized sur- uh, surveillance, illegal search. Like, actual crimes that, you know, y- you can't do these things, Nico. Illegal wiretapping, murder, assault with a concrete dildo. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've, I've got a scene at a restaurant in here somewhere. Yes. Um, this, this whole scene coming up, he just takes a random tour of a restaurant. Nothing happens. And it's a good three minute scene of him walking into this restaurant with like red walls, taking a lap and then walking out. Nothing happens. Uh, are you considering the incredibly generic eighties adult oriented rock music with the saxophone solo? Is that nothing happening? Yes. That was just the movie trying to be like lethal weapony. Because that's what all cop movies had back in the day. Just like that smooth blues jazz or jazz blues or whatever you want to call it. Because mm-hmm. it'll perk up later on because like, you know, he punches a hole in that guy on the street and he walks past another. He walks past some other fellows. He's like, hey, hey, we cool. He's like, yeah, man. You know, just whatever. It's, oh man, if I could do that fucking Seinfeld music. <laughs> oh yeah yeah this is like right like, after that yeah he's like, like punches uh, framer <laughs> then it does that <laughs> yeah this random ass vehicle full of like gangsters roll up and is like hey you're looking for salermo or solano or whatever his name is the bad guy i know where he is right here motherfucker and like all of them get out with like machetes and baseball bats or whatever and oh, it takes God. steven seagal all of 15 seconds to put them all down yeah Dude. no kid. <laughs> The fucking fight scene here. He, like, when it starts and he does his little Aikido tutorial in the beginning, or when he's just roughing these dudes up in the bar, you're like, man, he just looks mean. But in this fight scene, it looks so bad. Like, he looks like a little pussy. Like, he's, like, kicking and squirming to the side. Like, eh! It's weird. Yeah, one of the dudes has a machete, and it immediately gets taken away from him, and he tries to use it as, like, a primary weapon against these guys. And he, like... Goes for a strike, but he also backs up at the same time. So it's like, eh. Yes, it looked like he was swatting at a bug. Yeah, a whole yeah. lot of this is just like, I'm going to grab your wrist, and now you're f- going to flop on the ground and be debilitated for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but man, 
cue Steven Seagal's amazing run. The only thing I can give him credit for is that he's got like a super long gate and it lets him close distance. But watching him run is fucking weird. Not only is he like skinny and tall, but he's like, he looks like some kind of fucking starved scarecrow running down the street. <laughs> I mean, like, you're right. Like, he's got the full stride, but like his arms are just like wasting energy, flip flopping around like a goldfish. Yeah. He's got like that Ace Ventura thing going on where he's like getting tranquilized and the arms are just flailing. Three darts is too much. (laughs) (laughs) Not for Nico. Where are we? I have no idea where we are. He books that guy or he goes home. And uh, once he gets home, like he and his wife are like laying in bed and he gets a phone call and is like, get your family out of there. They're in danger. And he's just like, uh... My friend, he's drunk. Uh, he wants to know if we got his uh, his Xmas card. You know, uh... <laughs> he's so okay. nonchalant about it, dude. Mm-hmm. I, it super bugged me because this guy is like an ex-military buddy. He's in on the whole thing, but like you know, he doesn't want any harm come to Nico, of course. Right. So he calls him in the middle of the night. He's like, buddy, I have 15 seconds to tell you to move your family pronto, or it's all over. And Stephen goes like, Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I want some pepperonis. <laughs> and, and... You know, he's just like, whatever. Like, I know he's trying not to panic his wife next to him, but, like, you know, serious shit is serious shit no matter what. Well, what did he expect was going to happen if he just, like, continued laying in bed? Nothing. Maybe he was trying to get laid. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, we got 20 seconds. I think that's long enough. So, like, this guy interrupted him banging one out, so now he has to take out his rage on the next dozen or so guys out in the middle of the street. Yeah, dude. Your friend, who you were in the military with, who only contacts you when the worst of the worst is going to happen, calls you at 2 a.m. is like, hey, man, get the fuck out of your house. Steven Seagal 100% goes, I don't give a shit. And goes back to sleep. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But the next thing we know, there's a knock on the door and it's like 15 fucking cops. And they have a warrant and they're going to hold, they're going to go in and rack up the place. But they're not wrecking up anything. No. Um, they took, like, some some audio tapes or something. Took his fucking salt and pepper tape. Oh, oh no. Fuck. I suppose this is what um, his fellow was trying to warn him about. Because, you know, they show up, like, you know, warrants ablaze. And yeah. they shake up the house a little bit. And I think it's just there as, like, a big dick move. Because, you know, they're trying to show him, like, hey, not only do we have you covered. Like, this goes up and up and up. So don't try anything stupid. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I, I get it, it's just, it, it's just, what was he expecting, uh, Seagal, like, that, he was expe- you know, he's just gonna lay in bed and everything's gonna be okay, even after your friend has said, hey, shit's about to go down. He was straight up expecting that pepperoni pizza, <laughs> like, mm. ding dong, that's not Domino's, motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> Domino's? <laughs> now, fucking- not to, uh, go back too far, but I want to discuss Sharon Stone's insanely obtuse performance as the concerned mother. I don't want to say she gives it her all, but she gives. I don't know how to explain it, but she's just yelling, like, frantically at these, like, cops. Like, like they have lawyers. You can't do this. And Steven Skull's like, baby, they, they can fucking do this, motherfucker. 
<laughs> I'll be honest with you, I didn't even recognize that that was Sharon Stone until I saw her name on the, the ending credits crawl. Uh, evidently, I don't recognize Sharon Stone from the waist up, so... <laughs> <laughs> I only know that beaver. Mm. Like oh, you were saying, Eric, she's screaming at the top of her lungs for people to calm down and that there is a baby here. Yeah. None of these cops are even saying a fucking word. Not a one of them is yelling or being disruptive. She's just screaming at nothing. And it reminded me of the scene from Maximum Overdrive where the lady goes outside and she's oh, like, we, yeah, we you. It's less embarrassing than that, but like that's a really good point because like even like the people as actors in that scene are just like, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, let me rustle through this uh, underwear drawer for like 30 seconds and then we'll be out of here. He gets taken downtown and we're treated to like a uh, African-American J. Jonah Jameson who <laughs> for the second time is going to call him out on all his bullshit about being a bad cop. And yet again, he's spot the fuck on. But I think the difference here is that he's trying to tell Steven Seagal he's a bad cop while he's in a room full of other bad cops. So, like, this amounts to fucking nothing. See, I think there's something that we need to uh, separate here. There is Steven Seagal, who is bad at being a cop, and then there's all of these other guys who are bad people who are also cops. Okay, that's what we've got here. They're, uh. not, they're not equal. They're all bad. A very yeah. ACAP situation. I get you. <laughs> but we got Pam Greer, okay? And I don't want to skip over her. She is the shining star in this movie. She makes the most sense. She actually is acting well. She's putting on an actual hell of a performance here. Yeah, she, she is the only good part of this movie. She does everything that she's supposed to. She's the most grounded. That's what makes her work. Not only is she like acting her ass off, she's... Okay, so Steven Seagal's on one far end of the fucking violent spectrum, but she's on the other far end of just, like, keeping things tidy. She does the paperwork, she does all the evidence hunting, so to almost justify his fucking brutality. Yeah, she's out gathering, you know, evidence and doing research and interviewing people and visiting the morgue and all of this stuff. Being an actual good cop. Uh, yeah. and, and Steven Seagal's just out, like, beating people's meat. And by meat, I don't mean the penis. I mean their faces. The face meat. Now, she's doing all this shit, and she's how we get exposition. She explains to him what is going on. He just always fucking ignores her, like, get out of here. Go wait in the car. Stay out here. I'm just going to go murder all these people. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and You're done here. You're out of this. Dude, it's so weird because she just keeps doing everything right. But he keeps killing and it's so weird that moments after this, he goes outside and how many how many guys is it? Like four or five dudes with AKs just come walking down the fucking street on him? Dude, this is basically that scene at the toll booth from The Godfather where, like, he gets stuck in traffic and, like, four people with AKs go out and just try to mow him the fuck down. It is basically that scene, except way worse. <laughs> yeah, way worse, and it's actually Steven Seagal as the cannoli. No, but they fucking light this car up and there is zero. And I mean that zero way that they did not hit him. They did not hit him. They did not. They did not. Oh, hi, yeah, they've all got like machine guns and he's sitting there with a pistol and like 
kung fu as his weapon. <laughs> Dude, I don't understand. Like, I know the movie's got a movie. Whatever. Yeah. But, like, all these dudes have automatic weapons. He waits for one guy to reload. And he pops up, hey, put that down, motherfucker. You know, like, not like everybody else also has, like, way more leverage than he does. He has the power of God and anime on his side. <laughs> He's on a mission from God. Dude. I I was I was fucking shook. He jumps up, everybody drop your guns, and they're like, I guess. <laughs> it's basically that bit from the Naked Gun when O.J. Simpson breaks in, and everybody had already loaded their stuff. And he's like, Hey, weapons down! And there's like fifty dudes with guns, and one guy gets scared and drops it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the one guy in this comes up, and this is a big fella. He's just like, I don't think you can drop us all, fat ass. Boom. And, yeah, he just, you're the one. Just levels him. Oh, but suddenly, he's got to get the fuck out of there, and he goes inside of a uh, local quickie mart where this white <laughs> Arab guy is just chilling behind the register during yeah. this brawl. For whatever reason, Steven Seagal turns into a little bit of cop mode. He makes them put their hands on his head, and he, like, waltzes them into this, like, Persian bodega and this poor, I guess, Persian person, he's just like, please, no, keep it outside. I want no trouble. And that's all he gets, just trouble. Speaking of Persian trouble. That was a good pop. Yeah. Uh, what I've got here today, something a little special. This is Sham's Gold Pilsner beer from, I guess this is a, an Iranian company, but they are doing a contract brewing out of Absolution Brewing Company down in Torrance. I think that was Torrance, California. So this is from an old Persian recipe, I guess from before the Persian or Iranian Revolution. Uh, and this is, I guess at one point, the best-selling beer in all of Iran. But it's poor as like a clear-looking, golden, basic, average American Pilsner looking. It's got a nice, clean aroma to it. God, does it taste fucking awful. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> Tell I wasn't us how expecting you feel that. about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is um, what the hell is this? <laughs> the flavor is kind of thick. It's not a thick beer, but the flavor just has this. Ah, it's like sweaty feet. Oh no. No, it's bad, y'all. It's bad. That's all I got. There's there's no like discernible like malt or or hop flavor. It's just fucking bad. This is a bad beer. Don't. Don't do it. It's a bad beer. You know that. <laughs> I'll be sure not to uh, at them on Twitter. Yeah. Well, like, I've been trying to f figure out where this beer came from. Like, they don't even have a website. Like, the website is, like, coming soon. Is that an actual company? Like, is that an actual beer? Is this some kind of front or whatever? Like, yeah, yeah, it's an alcoholic product. We're a company. Wink, wink. Yeah, like, back in... In Iran, I guess this is a company known for, now known for non-alcoholic beers. Because, you know, alcohol's illegal in Iran. But they've moved some, some uh, I don't know what they've done. But they are now contract brewing out of an actual legitimate brewery. I don't know what's going on with it, but there are six people who like the page on Facebook. Oh, no. And you're not one of them. No, no, no. Like, I can't find anything about this. Like, I was the third person to rate it on Untapped. Goodness. Speaking of Untapped, that's 
Steven Seagal's potential as we get to see him administer his 12th trip clothesline combo. <laughs> down, down, left. Down, down, left. Yeah. If it works, spam it. And after he beats up all these fucking goons, he has to go to his wife, who is being taken by protective services or something. And he's got one fucking line. And it's hilarious. She's like being escorted out by police. And he's like, sorry, it's got to happen. And that's it. Well, in context, you know, they have like this little uh, motorcade and they just have to be separated. You know, they don't want the family and the Steven Seagal in the same car. They don't want like you don't want the entire head of state in one area. You got to split them up. And I think that's the last time that we see his wife in the movie before yep. the very end. So it's just like, ah, they're safe. Don't worry about it because the movie has to fucking movie. Dude, can we discuss how at this point in the film shit goes bananas? Oh, yes. Yes, please. Like, the climax, quote-unquote, of this movie is fucking unreal. Like, I don't... What part of the movie are we in right now? Like, I know we're ramping into things, but scenes just seem to fall into place in an inconsequential manner. Yes. Um. <laughs> at this point, we find out that they weren't trying to blow up Seagull. They were trying to blow up the Hispanic priest. Correct. And there are now five, count them, five assassins. And the CIA, in fact, are the people who took the C4 because they're in it with the assassins. Yeah, got to get the C4 right. to the assassins so the assassins can blow that guy up because he is, I don't know, there's something about uh, opium? I'm trying well, to remember so, what's going on. So it turns out, like, a ton of politicians, if not all of them, in Chicago were under mm -hmm. the payroll of the CIA slash drug lord slash what the mm -hmm. fuck ever else. And there was one politician, one congressman who says, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to tear this all down. Got that, yeah. Uh, and so that's the plan is to assassinate the congressman but mm -hmm. they can't do it if word gets out because once word gets out i guess shit would hit the fan and you know security would be like up the yin yang and be, sure. it'd be impossible for a good while can we discuss though um the fact that that fucking interrogator guy is just saying that exact line for like five yeah. minutes on screen yeah, we no can't. Kidding, so if you told him, we can't. I can't if you told him. Did you tell him? Because I can't if you told him. And it goes on and on and on. Oh, this That's is when actual. the uh, the bad guy like fills up the syringe with like uh, fucking truth serum or something. But really, it's just like tropical punch. Oh. <laughs> Whenever they get the priest though to find out if he knows, they there's a. There's some weird shit happening with the priest that I needed to discuss with y'all. Is he a child molester? Because he's talking about, like, some bad stuff about kids. No, 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 no. Like, he's talking about the bad stuff the CIA was doing down in, like, South America and Vietnam and all that stuff. Like, the truths that were coming out of him were the stuff that he saw abroad. Okay. I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, I didn't know the priest yeah. was into this shit, too. Yeah, but, like, the way he was sweating, I swear to God, he had, like, a demon in him or something. He was getting fucking exercised on the spot. Yeah, I do remember this. Uh, he was like, you didn't tell them about my plans to kill the senator, right? And he was like, no, I told him about uh, you mutilating their mothers and uh, the things that you do oh, to kid. children. And he's just like, oh, oh, is that all? Okay, that's fine. But it's just like in context, the reason why he has to reiterate, like, did you tell him? Did you tell him? Is because, you know, they got to the priest first, but Steven Seagal is just like right outside the door. So mm -hmm. he has to be like, so did you tell them that we are about to kill the congressman and that's our plan all along? <laughs> and Steven Seagal's just hanging out outside like, all right, 
all right, I got him on my ear tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. He's got like a little Walkman inside his brain. And then that's, a gunfight erupts where uh, Pam Greer gets slow-mo shot down some stairs, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh. It's, uh, yeah. Like, there's a shootout for sure. Mm-hmm. A couple people get blown away, and Pam Greer just didn't fucking stay in the car, and she yep. gets shot down, but... The movie tries so hard to get you to feel bad. <laughs> like, I know she's, like, adorable in this movie, and she's, like, really trying to get Steven Seagal to not be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, this movie plays it up so bad that, you know, like, oh, she got shot. Oh, no, she's out of the game. She might be dead. Ah, jeez. She has oh, so much for Ah, man. Yeah, he tells her twice. Stay in the car, like under no circumstances leave the car and then just as soon as he goes in she's like well i better get out of the car i'm coming upstairs i'm going to get you and she just yeah immediately gets got and he fucking somehow runs off to a train in one scene and he doesn't acknowledge the fact (laughs) that jack's might even still be alive. He's like, oh, she's dead. And it's it's fucking so weird. And who the fuck is this coach guy? By the way, you say (laughs) runs off to a train. He runs off and jumps on top of a train. That's what he means by runs onto a train. Okay, like, oh, goodness. This whole bit is just action for the sake of action because none none of the geometry just makes any sense. So he jumps in the train. He, you know, does the emergency pull stop. He runs through. People are following him. And he escapes on another passing train going the opposite way, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But then, like, the next scene, hard cut, he's back at the building that they were at, mourning over Pam Greer. Were yeah. they back at the building? Yes. I... Okay. He was there at the stairwell with his stupid fucking, I guess, sad face. But it just looked like he was just like, <sighs> Yeah, and Coach is there like, don't worry about it. We scored the touchdown and she made it. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's just looking all sad and sappy and she's going to make it. Oh, oh, hooray. Cut to him and his baby and the weirdest shit that you could say. Oh, baby yeah. smell like nothing ever touched him. What? Yeah, it's basically if you just like looked into the camera like, hey, you ever realize it <laughs> smells like a new car? It's kind of nice. <laughs> Like, that's the kind of shit I expect Nicolas Cage to say in a movie. Okay, yes. Nick Cage was like less schlubby and could kick at least one ass, maybe. <laughs> oh, but now he's out doing like some fucking stakeout bullshit and he gets snuck by Nelson, who's like, War, what's it good for, Nico? <laughs> he's just he's just fucking Michael Ironside from uh, Starship Troopers. He's that gravelly voice. Yeah, <laughs> do me, Rico! <laughs> but you're 100 percent right so nico goes on this stake out this guy on another skyscraper so he can keep you know far enough away and everything and this guy just like walks up and was like nico i know what you're doing i knew you'd be picked this building because we were buddies 25 years ago and i remember everything exactly and people don't change let's get out of here sport yeah well no you say that but he's got like a gun to him the whole time he's like i want to help you you dumb guinea i mean come on at that point, I was on that guy's side because I was like, yeah, you are trying to help him. Like, why is he even trying to, like, bother with creating a situation, you know? And 
here is a big like uh, exposition spill because thank God because otherwise I wouldn't know exactly where the web was connected. But we find out that there's a rancher in Costa Rica that's one of the uh, the bad guys, and it's you know a giant ranch built on opium and coke. The CIA along with him was planning on invading Nicaragua with coke money, and this senator wasn't on board, so we got to kill the senator. And as an audience member, you're just like, man, I just really want to watch Steven Seagal break another two and a half. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck the story. Like, it just keeps getting more convoluted. And I think the movie kind of gets a hint of that because they're just like, Mm -hmm. let's let's just go. Let's get out of this parking garage. Yeah, let's pound it out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And even the guy's just like, we we don't have time, Mr. Siegel. Let's just get out of here. And that actually equates to something because, you know, Steven Seagal wasted all this time giving exposition to top of this building. He didn't realize that the bad guys were actually following him. So they Mm -hmm. catch up to him. And it turns to another schlocky action scene where he's like in a car and the bad guy, for whatever reason now, is even more angry. And he looks like RoboCop without the helmet, just the face stretched over the metal. face, Yeah, he's got that fucking face bigger than the head thing. I don't like it. Yeah, there's a big... Uh, well, there's a little firefight up in the parking garage, and Nelson gets his hand shot, or get Nelson gets shot in some way, and he does this awful fucking goofy flop that looks like <laughs> fucking. It looks like Donald Trump when he's making fun of that disabled reporter. He oh. does that little. Uh, that's what Nelson looks like when he's flopping his gun across the back of this car. That's that's a well, maybe like. maybe he accidentally shot him in the cerebral positive. We don't I, know. Yeah, got him in the medulla oblongata. But now there's like a half a car hanging out of the back of this fucking garage, and they do a thirty second take showing the back end of this car hanging out and a train going off in the distance, like it's supposed to be some beautiful shot. So, <laughs> like, just just real quick, the reason why that's there is because the Joe Pesci fella kind of guy he gets mm-hmm. ru- fucking run over by steven seagal while he's pulling in reverse trying to get away and he just plows the guy through the wall and since this is a multi-level complex you know the guy falls like 10 stories to his death and like he wrecks the car and he immediately gets into another car and starts backing up again and i absolutely thought that's how he was going to take out everybody just one <laughs> rear end at a time i could get down with that but they finally like wreck him and uh the big bad is like, I want him alive. That's the yeah, and you know, as an action movie, you're just like, that's the dumbest shit anybody that's could the, possibly say. The dumbest. Why do you want him alive? What what really blows me away is the fact that they get him and they've got him all tied up. He's done for. There's no way to win. They've even got like their syringe full of the good shit. Yeah. And they're like, we're gonna get, it. we're gonna poison you or something. And this is never brought up again, mind you. They inject him with whatever the fuck is in that syringe, something to kill him. No, it's supposed to be truth no, no. serum. Yeah, that's correct. And they like, they have him in this chair, quote unquote, tied down with two fairly loose uh, zip ties. <laughs> it's fucking bread ties. Yeah, and like the guy's like, I'm gonna put the serum in you. I, I I enjoy doing this, and I'm gonna look straight in your eyes, and I'm gonna do it. But I guess he didn't tell Steven Seagal this is fucking go time juice because like, he gets fucking injected with stuff. It's fucking go time. He starts whipping ass. Yeah, he gets injected with that stuff and uh, he kicks him in the shin, by the way. Like, he's sitting in this chair, tied to this chair, just gives him a kick in the shin and he just fucking topples over like he's dead. <laughs> the guy is 60. Leave him alone. I guess. 
Now, I was so weirded out because he just gets up, whoops everyone's ass, and then, like, his government buddy's just there all of a sudden. Like, was he there the whole fucking time? I don't Yeah. I don't... Well, I mean, after he shatters this man's arm and also body, uh, he kind of, like, saunters into the little Democratic debate place, like, where the uh, senator is. Yeah, this is supposed to go down, like, an hour before... The senator is supposed to die. I, I still don't really know how the senator was supposed to die. Um, go to time, juice. Oh, okay. exactly. It was going to do the opposite and maybe give this man a heart <laughs> attack. Who knows? And the movie just kind of like arbitrarily wraps up. Yeah, the movie just fucking ends. Like, all right, we're going to bring these men to justice. And are you ready to talk to someone now? And we end on a stenographer taking a statement from him for some reason. And he starts talking about like his Vietnam special forces background. I don't fucking know guys. Dude, I literally have written down. What the fuck kind of ending is that? Like, he's just like, no one's above the law except for me. And then it's over. <laughs> Basically, yeah, for sure. And it's just like a still shot of like the U S Capitol building. And it's just like credits roll. Like it's yeah. some kind of like, I don't know, political thing Tune or something? next time when I steal the Declaration of Independence. Motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just making noises now. <laughs> no, no, I get it. Like, this movie <laughs> is trying to come across somewhat political. Like, saying, like, hey, as long as there's bad guys in Congress, bad things are going to happen. Motherfucker. And then, like, but the rest of the movie is literally Steven Seagal assaulting everyone he sees. So it's trash. What are you gonna? This movie's trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> it stinks. Oh, the critic. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, the movie that I do equate most to this is The Room, in that this is definitely just something that Steven Seagal put together to make Steven Seagal look cool, and. It just kind of makes him look like a bad actor with bad ideas. This was bad. He shouldn't have done this. <laughs> um, um, I'm not going to disagree 100% with Chandler, but I'm going to disagree into the part that the same way that I love The Room, I like this. I had fun watching Steven Seagal be Steven Seagal <laughs> in a world that was trying to address why in the fuck there is a Steven Seagal and what is he doing? The fact that, like, he is an it just, like, tickles me. But for some reason, I really like this movie. I like this movie really? a lot because it's just so fucking absurdly in its own Steven Seagal hubris. It's fucking almost fascinating. Like, I was enamored by the bullshittery and the fucking straightforwardness of just the brutality that Steven Seagal was allowed to bring down on people. Even though I know this is a work of fiction, it's just like, God damn. Like, he's straight up murdering and just, like, beating people. And, and like, they were at the hospital at one point, and I feel like most of those patients were in there because of him. Yeah, see, it's so weird to think about, like, in that sense, because we've watched tons of Hollywood schlock with... You know, Schwarzenegger and Stallone, and they're out there killing people by the fucking handful. Steven Seagal doesn't kill nearly as many people, but each person he hurts, you're just like, oh, God. Leave that poor man alone. Yeah, like, he didn't deserve to have his nose broken, then his arm snapped, and then left behind the bar at his own place of work. Yeah, he just came in to hang out with Michael Rooker at the whatever place, and now his fucking legs snapped off and thrown in a river. 
like, to be fair, this movie is so far up Steven Seagal's ass that my TV screen now has a brown tint to it. Oh, no. Well, there you have it. <laughs> That's uh, Above the Law with Steven Seagal. Do you have any strong feelings about the movie or the podcast? Leave it in the comment section below. Uh, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Be sure to hit the little bell icon, too, so you know next time we got another one brewing, motherfucker. Check us out on all of our different social medias. We got that Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Twitter. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. There's no reason you guys are not fucking checking us out. Unless you want us to hire Steven Seagal, bloated Steven Seagal, to run up to your door, kick off the fucking hinges, and then break your arm. My fucker. <laughs>